0: Happy New Year and welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. I'm your co-host, Melody. And I'm your co-host, Jennifer. Today we'll be talking about why it's so important to mentor new homeschoolers. But before we get to that, how has everybody been? How was your New Year's, Jen?
1: Well, it was very exciting. Uh, We, I I think we've talked about it here before, but we do a huge costume party for New Year's with a bunch of friends oh, and family, awesome. and it's a murder mystery party and we did a rinfest party this year. So we were all in our renaissance costumes and there was a murder and it was shocking and then we solved it and it was just so much fun. We we just love it. And we have all like little little kids, all the way all the adults, grandparents, everybody's there and it was just great. We loved it. It you and the hubs up. looked fantastic I just yeah have to say. it turned out so good <laughs> thank so you cute. yeah i just the pictures over the years this is our i think our eighth year doing it and uh, wow. just going back through all the pictures of the different themes and everybody who's gotten murdered and all of that it's so fun <laughs> <laughs> what about what you melody the murdered
0: Ooh. oh wait wait I gotta know what, happened? what yes. happens to the murdered person. Like everybody else has got stuff to do, but are they lying there the whole time? <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: no, so the murdered the person, the victim, actually gets up and still plays the game because they don't know either who the killer is. So they oh. still have they still have an opportunity to solve it and everything. So usually I run the game part of it, so I'm the only person that knows who the victim is and who the killer is every time. So even oh. the victim, the victim only finds out a couple of minutes. before four and it's that's like halfway through the night and so they don't know ahead of time either.
0: Well, I bet that's hilarious when they're like, I can't believe you killed me. <laughs> it's great.
1: <laughs> I love it. Aww. So what about you, Melody? What'd you guys do for New Year's? Well for New Year's
2: Day, three of my adult children came over and made dinner and cleaned up, which was really sweet of them. Nice. And we just hung out and had a lot of fun just looking at movies and well, we in my unpacking, I came across an old, old, old video camera. And so we started trying to see if we could get the thing to work again. And there were old tapes in there. So these are for like 16 years ago, probably. Oh, and there's so exciting. little. Wow. And it was hilarious. We had so much fun watching those old videos. And so now somebody is going to work on seeing if they can put that on CDs for everybody to have them because, oh my goodness, you know how you have little family sayings and things that come from mm-hmm. some random thing that happens and then for the rest of your life you're saying it so there were so many of those things in that video we just we still it. Call <laughs> bananas. That. yeah we
0: call bananas bedubba because my oldest daughter <laughs> when she was like a year and a half that's what she called bananas so we'll say oh we needed some badabadas from the store um, and love that, that. Oh, that's that is fun. so fun that you have some video evidence of where these things began
2: yeah, it what, was. it's What really a treasure. Such a fun time. What did you do, Holly, for New Year's? Well, um, you know, you make
0: plans and then life uh, changes them. So <laughs> yes, indeed. My, yeah. my two older sons that live uh, south of me, they had gotten off work so they could come for New Year's Eve. And we like to just play games all night long and eat snacks. So I was very excited when they both let me know, yeah, my, my time off got approved. I'm coming for New Year's Eve. Yes. Awesome. So then the day of New Year's Eve, my older, oldest son texts me. He says, I have like a cold or something and I'm not coming over. I'm like, oh, it's a bummer. And he's the guy, uh, like we have a lot of games here, but he's the game guy. Like he has a ton of games and he's really good at remembering all the rules and stuff. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Well, my middle son who lives with his older brother, their roommates, he was coming over a little early because my youngest son wanted LED lights to trick out the computer setup that he uses. And that's what my (laughs) son's gift was to him. Oh, nice. uh, Yeah. To put these lights, install these lights. So he came over and he struggles with thyroid disease. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know, it he's just not feeling great and his energy isn't good. Yeah. And he had forgotten his medicine at home. So he did some work oh, and he went man. home and he came back and he just didn't feel very well. And he yeah. ended up leaving before midnight. So it could have been a total bust except that, thanks to Zoom uh, and how we all got together over Zoom, my daughters that live in other states... Uh, we all got together on Zoom. My youngest son, me, the girls, and my middle son was, you know, hanging out while we were playing. We played Farkle by Zoom.
2: That's um, great. Have great you all idea. ever
0: played Farkle? It's
2: so much mm-hmm. fun. It's,
0: just a yeah. dice.
2: it's been so long. I can't remember.
0: Yeah. So, um, and there was some, you know, there's some lag on the, the call. So things got very funny. And my my daughter in Colorado, she and her husband, we said they pre-gamed because they had gone out <laughs> to like a Mexican restaurant and had a pitcher of margaritas. And mm-hmm. they came home and they're doing shots the whole time we're playing. <laughs> I'm having a couple glasses of wine and we were just joking. <laughs> but that was the highlight of the evening. And then, of course, at midnight, my neighbors do not disappoint. And there was fireworks. so Yeah, many, that's oh great. God, so many. The whole sky was clouded with dust and smoke and smoke here <laughs> too yeah. and we we had a toast at at midnight and it turned out to be a nice new year um new year's eve even though it wasn't what it had originally <laughs> set out to be well,
1: that was really so, good thinking with the online games i like that
0: yeah well we hate them not to be involved yeah um, so yeah. yeah my my middle daughter my oldest daughter didn't join us she was doing some stuff with some friends and then she texted me at like 10 30 at night and she said this is your happy new year for me i'm going to go to bed <laughs> <laughs> i was like okay now oh, my youngest wow. daughter she lives in uh, pacific time and so i called her at midnight our time to wish her a happy new year and i said now make sure you call me at your midnight which was two hours later at two o'clock yeah. <laughs> and i was up for her to call me i was in bed with my phone so i could wish her happy sweet. new year at her time. Oh, that's, that's
2: sweet, sweet. <laughs> so
0: that was our new year so let's get into our topic about mentoring other homeschoolers. I feel like it's a really important thing. I know I benefited from some mentoring, and I feel like it's my obligation to mentor other homeschoolers. Who were mentors to y'all?
2: When I started, I I didn't really have a one-on-one kind of a mentor. It was mostly the monthly meeting of the homeschoolers in our area and the Teaching Home Magazine, and then just reading everything I could get my hands on, Raymond and Dorothy Moore's books, whatever we had back at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like I was figuring it out as I went along, which is why later on when the opportunity came for me to help other new homeschoolers, I jumped in there and did it because I felt like there were so many things that would have been easier and better if I hadn't had to spend three to five years figuring things out. <laughs> <Right>? I, <laughs> I know what you mean. This uh <laughs> I started, you know,
0: probably about five years after you did, and it was the same issue. There was a monthly meeting. Sometimes I could go, sometimes I couldn't. My my one friend from church, I told her that we had finally decided to start homeschooling, and she used a Becca. She was very helpful, and she said, well, here's a catalog for a Becca. And not knowing anything else, I was like, okay, I guess it's what people use. Yeah. And I looked at it, and I realized, like, figured out what I needed for my second grader, what I Needed for my kindergartner. And then being the frugal person that I am, I heard about the used book fair. So I made my list and went there to get most of my materials. But again, I I looked forward to getting my magazine too. Thank God for magazines back (laughs) in those days. You know, in 1993, the internet wasn't what it is now. We had news groups. I made a friend uh, on a news group and she was a homeschooler. I was wildly excited and she had a lot of kids. But there was not as much mentoring that was available. Like, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And Park Day was like my thing, like Park Day. Mm -hmm. We went to Park Day because I needed it. Yeah. It wasn't so much for my kids, but that's where I got a lot of support and some mentoring, you know, where people would suggest things or share ideas or curriculum.
1: What about you, Jen? Same experience, really. I didn't have a lot of in-person kind of mentors. And most of my learning was from reading books about homeschooling. But I was inspired by people and some of you you I think you probably know Susan Say. I mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. um was Susan first, has a podcast now. So I was gonna say this is ironic because she's actually has a website and everything and she is the mentor for moms. That's what she does now. Mm-hmm. She was not back then. She was right. you know, she was her homeschooling family and she was also yeah. learning and she was relatively new at it then. And I had a good friend who was friends with her, and my good friend started homeschooling and I had never never even heard of homeschooling then. And then I spent some time doing some stuff with them. I think I may have gone to a park day or something like that. And I saw Susan and her kids and she had a bunch of kids and I had a bunch mm-hmm. of kids and I was like, oh, this is a thing. And she can mm-hmm, actually do mm-hmm. it with all these kids and she's doing such a great job and they all look so happy and they're doing so well. And it was just a huge inspiration to me to see mm-hmm. that it that it could be done that way, and then it wasn 't some weird thing susan 's a very normal, nice person, yeah <laughs> and, and, yes, and it was just very comforting to me and i've over the years I have occasionally sent her messages and been like, "I so appreciate that just that you inspired me this way, you know, and what 's really cool though is that she 's gone on to become a huge like um, a public figure who does mm-hmm. mentoring for a living in our in About parenting and not Mm -hmm. necessarily always homeschooling, but about parenting in general. Yeah, she's she's great. But I didn't story. She she was
0: in the smoothing the weight group that our friend Mary James started that Melody and I used to work in as mentors. Yeah, (laughs) that's (laughs) right. We were all, we were connected a long time before you and I or Melody knew Yeah, that's so Uh, cool. (laughs) Yeah, like the six degrees of separation there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But But other than that though...
1: Yeah, exactly. Other than that, you know, just being inspired by seeing people doing it, I didn't really have a mentoring community. I didn't know that was a thing. When I started going to some park days, when we started homeschooling, that was it. That was where I could talk to other parents who did it and see what it looked like in real life and where I started learning about that there were different kinds of homeschooling. So yeah, park days was really the initial, you know, support system for me. I'm the kind of person that sees somebody like something that's working and I go, oh, I can do that. So then I I started to replicate, you know, park days and things like that where I lived and started building it for other people too, because I felt confident about doing it. So yeah, I think it's super important to pass it on if you're able to.
0: Did you feel like like a sense of obligation to hold out a hand and help the next group of homeschoolers coming up because you had maybe not had as much of that as you might have wanted?
1: Yeah, I think. And also, when we first started, in my introduction, we lived in Austin, and there was a large homeschooling community. But very early, very quickly, we moved out to a small town, and there was no homeschooling community where we lived. And I had seen you know, what it could be. In Mm -hmm. Austin, I saw the park days and they were large and active and I saw that it could be that way. And I wanted to create that for our our small town, you know, because I knew there were people homeschooling, but they weren't Mm -hmm. connected really. But I will say... I don't know if obligations the right word. I did feel that I was capable of giving back to other people what i would learned. But I will say that I always in all the years of mentoring and giving to the homeschooling community, keep in mind what I need for my family. And for me, having so many different kids at different ages, it was important to build a community because I was mm-hmm. going to have kids, you know, who needed that community for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So it was a motivation of mine was, what do my kids need? I want them all to have park days for the next 18 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. so, so that was a huge motivation to me personally.
2: And then for me, I also saw mom struggling and mm-hmm. if it was something that I had experienced myself or I somehow knew that maybe I could offer some help. Like I just felt compelled to help because mm-hmm, yeah. you it hurts to see people hurting and uh, you don't want someone to give up just because they aren't aware that they could do things a little bit differently. Right. Or that there were other options or even like we've talked about communication and how important it is. Like some people didn't grow up with the same kind of parenting that I got, so they don't have the same toolbox. And it's like, you mm-hmm. know, you could say it like this and you might get a better response from your child just to be able to help somebody along because I wanted them to be successful and not give up.
1: Yeah. So, just like- I wonder if I feel like all three of us, because we had large families, kind of already fell naturally into a role of being a mentor for other parents. Because like that reminded me, like when you're talking about just parents struggling in general, I know that often parents have come to me because they're like, well, you have eight kids. So what do you know? <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> and, yes. and so I think we are we are probably more naturally inclined to have put ourselves in that position and be willing to share our experience experiences. I think um, that's
0: a component of it. I know for me, I've gone through a lot of different experiences in my life. I had a kind of a chaotic, somewhat traumatic childhood. And I always felt like if I could use the experiences I have to help someone else, it would make my experiences valuable. I've always had the mindset that I'm put in this world to help other people—that's kind of like the core of my persona. And so, after I had my first year of homeschooling, where you know we we started homeschooling, and I had a baby, and my husband lost a job, but at the end of that year, I could see the fruit of it, and I yeah. thought to myself, I'm probably just a little bit more stubborn than the average person, so none of that derailed me. I thought, you know, I want to help other people, and when uh, Mary started smoothing the way, that was great because I could join in and attend a meeting, and I could lend support. And so one time I remember that the support that the mentors were asked to lend was just to like mingle and chat with the people who were there. And I said to a lady, Oh, I, um, I hadn't seen you in a while. You know how things been. And we had a little chit chat and I encouraged her about something. I don't remember the specifics, but the next month when she came and I was there, she came up to me and she said, you don't know how much you helped me by just talking with me last month. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, it's as simple as that as, as, taking some time, looking around, like you said you do, Jennifer, looking around and just extending yourself. Now, I'm not an introvert, so it's easy for me. I find everybody interesting. I think everybody has a great story. I think truth is more interesting than fiction. So it's easy for me to go out and do that. But even if you're not an extrovert and you have some experience, you have something to share. Maybe you're just sharing in a slightly low-key, less Mm -hmm. uh, scary way. But Mm -hmm. I really do feel like... (laughs) Those of us who have experience, if we want to have this world for our kids, this homeschooling world, then like Melody said, and like you said, you want to create this community. Community doesn't grow up by itself, you know, after a heavy rain. you got to put some of the work in. you got to have some skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And so I think everyone can mentor somebody else. Mentor sounds like really serious. Like I'm gonna have a meet a meeting and I got <laughs> I got a checklist. But you know, coming alongside and supporting someone. Yes, even
1: uh, just listening is a good. Just skill. listening,
0: <laughs> right? And, you know, make some friends. We go to parkour. I've talked about parkour a lot. Oftentimes there are new people at parkour, and I usually make it a point to go up and say hi and point out who my kid is and ask them oh you know uh, how'd you hear about it a lot of times I hear about it because I posted it on our local homeschool group and just ask them a little bit about them and their kids last Tuesday I spent the whole hour talking to this one mom we had a ton of stuff in common Mm -hmm. she's a really cool person but you know just saying hello and telling a little bit about yourself and then saying hello the next time you're building a community it goes they might be there for you in the future Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's just I had this on my lists too. Just making yourself available to people, it. it so helpful. And that's such an easy way to do it. If you're at a park day or an event, just introducing yourself, then people know, oh, she's the lady that has been homeschooling forever. She can help me out, you know, you know, and so just making yourself available and and saying, hey, I'm here if you have questions about this or, you know, things like that. And then checking back in with people is another Mm -hmm. aspect of that, I feel like, because I do often have people like message me questions and often on Facebook, I get lots of messages about homeschooling. And I really try to, you know, it's not my job. I'm not, I don't have to do this, but I really try to make an effort to make sure I check back in with them later, you know, and ask them how it's going and if they have other questions about it and things like that.
0: Yeah, following up is really a, a very valuable skill. And I'm I'm so happy that you do that because there's nothing worse, I think, than somebody reaching out and then feeling like that was a vacuum, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Crickets. New Year, same tasks. Any homeschooling parent with a student going into high school knows that very soon they're going to need a transcript. You can
2: write one by hand, but it takes hours. (laughs) And you can make one in Excel if you can somehow get it. To actually do what you want.
1: (laughs) Or use Transcript Maker. Transcript Maker is the online service that lets you make professional high school transcripts quick as you like from the comfort of your home.
2: But what about grade point average? I used to fill up scratch paper figuring that
1: out. Transcript Maker calculates it for you. You just enter your students' courses and grades and boom, GPA.
2: Another computer
0: program to figure out how to use. What if I get confused and mess something up?
1: Oh, Transcript Maker is super easy to use. But if you do get confused, they have a helpline to assist you and answer your questions. But what if I need help at midnight? They have a knowledge base on their website filled with helpful articles and tutorials.
2: I'm trying to save money right now. I don't know if I can
1: afford an expensive program. Well, Transcript Maker offers a 14-day free trial so you can see how you like it. And then you can get 20% off the cost of your subscription with the coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. I'm sold. How do I get this wonderful service? Just go to www.transcriptmaker.com today. Transcriptmaker.
2: Simply better transcripts. But it's really easy at Park Day to go and introduce yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, even if you are, I'm introverted in that I recharge a loan. But... Mm-hmm. When I'm in the moment, then I'm like, I want to know all the people and find out, you know, introduce them. You don't want anybody to feel awkward, especially if someone is new. It's not that much fun to go to a place and you're the new one and no one comes to speak with mm-hmm. you. I don't know if that's ever happened <laughs> at right. all. It's it a little bit uncomfortable. People, yeah. And then for me, it was just like, I'm not the person to just start. I have done that though. Just go around and start introducing myself because none of the, <laughs> none of the established people came over to say hi. Yeah, But It doesn't, that's, that's a really low key way to mentor, but you can Mm -hmm. also have a little meeting. And sometimes it's just like, Hey, do y'all want to come over for cake or ice cream or something? And the kids can play not only park day, but you can have a meeting and get moms Mm -hmm. together. Or Mm -hmm. I guess people can do zoom meetings and things like that too. There's lots of ways to help people out, but you do sometimes get to a point where everybody or several people are asking you the same thing over and over and over. And that is when it was like, well, maybe we could have a once (laughs) a month meeting and say, you know. once and get everybody's input all at the same time because I formed some really great friendships from mm-hmm. holding smooth in the way classes. Basically, I moved away from Austin. There wasn't anything like that in my new town. Yeah. And so it's like, well, got in touch with the people who were, you know, the homeschool community leaders at the time. It's like, would you mind if I had this meeting? They're like, yes, please do. <laughs> and so we did. And then I met a lot of people that I'm still friends yeah. with, which was really great because a lot of them have moved away, but now we're still in touch. So just finding those people. And it doesn't have to be homeschool related. It could be like a youth group kind of a thing. We had craft clubs we did. We did keepers of the faith with the kids, met people like that. And then you end up kind of mentoring each other as moms, mm-hmm. because you're like, my, my son is doing this thing. And then the other mother goes like, oh yeah, my kid did that too. And yes. here's how we solved it. And so yeah. just finding those, but finding people. Is that that main thing? Find your community, which is where I feel like mentoring is kind of important for helping people connect
1: to each other. I agree. For those of us who've been doing it a while, connecting with other longtime homeschoolers in your community is great because, for example, out in my community, there's several of us that have been doing it for a while, and so we get together and we do host meetings. We do homeschooling 101 meetings for the community. We advertise it like in our little local newspaper and online and stuff, and we. We always have a huge turnout and it's nice to have several different mentors at those meetings because we all have different perspectives and different experiences and we homeschool differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been super successful for us. And we've also done them online and through Zoom meetings. So for people who can't make it to meetings and we usually also video our meetings and then post them on our big Facebook group that we run. So there's a lot of ways to reach out as mentors that don't have to be, you know, you can do one-on-one on one. really, yeah, you can do really big things and reach a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're not that difficult it's not that hard for us one night to have a meeting where we all just talk about homeschooling you know we enjoy talking uh, about homeschooling pretty easy yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) On my local Facebook group, somebody joined and they said, I really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. How do I know what's a good curriculum? Um, How do you get to look at different curriculums? And uh, one of the gals who's a member of the group, she set up a meeting at her church and hosted. uh, She asked veteran homeschoolers to man a table for their homeschool approach and I was like, "Hey, that's great. That is. Yeah, um, I love that." Yeah, and we used to we used to have things like we had moms' night out. Moms' yes. night yeah. out is mm-hmm. a great thing to start up in your area. The benefits are you get to go out to eat without your kids. Um, mm-hmm. And you can have a topic each month if you want. Like ours, we always had right before the used curriculum sale, we would have a curriculum look. So we'd all bring curriculum that we really liked and we'd share about it and talk about it and pass it mm-hmm. around and look at it. Sometimes we would all ride together to the used curriculum sale or to a homeschool convention. So that's always really fun. Your mom's night out can be a mentoring group. And the great thing is you'll have people who've homeschooled all different amounts of time. And right. they have different, you know, approaches. Just look at us here, you know, Melody is the unit study queen, you're the unschooling queen, and I'm the Charlotte Mason queen. Right. And we, we all have things we can share. Mm-hmm. And so when our listeners listen in, this is like a virtual mentoring group, basically. Right. And, you know, they can hear from different approaches and and different ideas. So it's really good to mm-hmm. have a variety of people in your yeah group.
1: So um, if it. you don't have a mom's night out, start one. It's so much yeah, fun. Yeah, we love mom's night outs. They are fun. And and we do, you know, we do some homeschool talk and then we just have fun too. <laughs> um, and, and it's a great way to make friends. One of the things about community building also is part, you know, part of mentoring is community building. And I've had people reach out to me from other small communities asking, you know, how can they build community where they live? So I think it's important as mentors to model things for people and then to share to share those models with people. And, and we're not talking about paid mentors or, you know, pay charging fees for your or information or like anything yeah. like that. But for example, the community that I've been a part of building is very big now and we've been doing it for a lot of years. So we have a lot of things that happen. Like we have a field day every year. And I have happily shared with many different people how to run a field day, you know, or how to set this up in your community. And same things with like with Moms Night Outs or Homeschooling 101 meetings. Like I am always happy to share like, here's our blueprints. Here's how we made it happen so that people can go on and then mentor in their communities and also make those kind of impacts where they are that's oh, very generous
2: it. i love that it's so helpful to have a starting place where you're not having mm-hmm, to come right. up with it from scratch and then you're you know what worked and so if mm-hmm. it's something that you've been doing for a while you can just like pick it up and go Right. That's so, that's so helpful.
0: We mentioned a little bit about Mary James and smoothing the way. I don't want us to get too far down the road without mentioning her again. We'll put some uh, links to her website in the show notes. But what's really cool about Mary's program is that she would meet people Every month during these info meetings that she would hold at uh, libraries for the homeschool group that she was involved in at the time, and she realized they all had same questions. And so mm-hmm. she came up with this curriculum, so to speak, that each month covers a different topic that you run into. She just offers it free. She's very happy to take donations, but it's offered for free on her website. And some of the things are things that people struggle with in that first year of homeschooling because... You know, all of a sudden your kids are home all day long and your house is messy all day long, or it's hard to, mm-hmm. to make a meal plan, or you don't know why your curriculum's not working and it's because of learning styles. So if you feel like you need something more sequential, you might want to look at smoothingtheway.com. It's a wonderful step-by-step type of thing. And it even tells you how to do things like plan a field trip co-op and other things. Similar to how Jennifer is telling people how to do a field day and how mm-hmm. to do... Do a, a homeschooling 101. So, I mean, not all mentoring can be face-to-face and in-person. Right. If you're a busy homeschooling mom and you have a, a some kind of a job as well, a paid job on top of that, you know, we don't expect you to drop everything and become the homeschool mentor. <laughs> to everybody. But you know, there's something I think there's something we can all do. It's the way I feel about volunteering. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you can't go and build a house for Habitat for Humanity, but you can probably donate some cans of food to the local food drive. There's something we can all do.
1: An easy way to get involved in mentoring is if you're in online homeschooling groups if you have experience, go answer, answer the questions. Mm-hmm. People ask questions right. all the time and mm-hmm. they, need, they need answers from people with experience. So take the time to go ahead and give them answers to their questions.
2: I love it when, when moms take the time to give a, you know, a good answer. It helps more than just the one person who asked the question. Yes.
0: Yeah. And sharing resources. Mm-hmm. I've been going to some art classes that a local library does. One is called art and mental wellness and the other is just adult art. And I had not realized how much I had missed doing art. I've always loved art. I don't pretend to be great at it, but I enjoy it. I enjoy that process. So I was talking to this mom I had met and I was like, oh, you know, these classes are really great. I found them very helpful for my own mental health as a homeschool mom. And she said, Oh, I'd love to know about it. and I'm like, okay, let's become Facebook friends and then I can tag you on it. And she actually had joined our homeschool group. So I posted it in the homeschool group for everyone and saying, you know, I found this is great for my own mental health. And I encourage other homeschoolers to, you know, work on their mental health. This might be a a good tool for you. Yeah, that's great. So when you have something that you're enjoying, you love a curriculum or you hate a curriculum. A Mm -hmm. curriculum is so awful.
1: (laughs) Talk about it in your groups because somebody needs that information. Oh yeah, Um, definitely. Sharing things that haven't worked for you is really valuable.
2: (laughs) It is, but we don't always think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and why? Why did it
0: didn't work? You know. Yeah. Usually when I'm selling something that maybe I didn't like as much, I'll say, "I'm selling this, and it's a really good curriculum. It didn't work for us because X, Y, Z. My kid learns this way, or we didn't Mm -hmm. have the time, or whatever." But you know, just sharing your life, your experiences, things you're that are working great, resources you found. Like I found these. I think I talked about these one of the past podcasts, an activity advent calendar that one thousand hours outside had posted. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, well, yeah. what a brilliant thing! So I posted about it. I'm like instead of having giving your kids candy every day till you get up to Christmas, you could do this instead. Just sharing freely mm-hmm. is a way to mentor people. Here at the end of our podcast, we'd like to answer a
2: big question. Melody, what's our big question today? Today's big question is from Elle, who asks, how can I engage my kids to get them away from their screens? <laughs> what
1: do we think about this one? <laughs> <laughs> well holly did you send this question in (laughs) no no but my
2: son
0: i i was teasing him today because he wanted to watch tv i said i think you have a tv addiction he goes yeah and i like it and i'm like oh no no no." he wants to be on screens all the time my best tip is it's not my original tip but i do use this idea and the person who shared it said don't worry so much about managing their screen time as providing so many activities that you just can't be exactly on the screen.
1: Exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. Offer it's them roughly. something more interesting. Something else. Mm-hmm. For me, it's get outside. Like mm-hmm. we, I've never worried about screen time with my kids. They do, they play video games, they watch TV, they all, all have screens. But I've never had to limit it because we are so, so busy doing fun, engaging, you know, educational things all the time that when they do end up on a screen, it's because we're having downtime and I'm okay with them having downtime on their screens. I know it's crazy because I don't limit screen time and I have eight kids, but it's just never been a problem for us because we're so active doing things outside of the house or just outside in general so much that we don't worry about it. It's been more of a problem for
0: me with this child because mm-hmm. there's only one child. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. for example, while I'm recording this podcast, right, he is watching shows. If I have a meeting for work, he wants to watch shows. I told him, you're going to have to start finding something else to do. So what I do <laughs> is I hide the remote And I hide, uh, I hide his switch, which is kind of funny because every so often he'll find where I've hidden it. But if I don't, then say that he gets up before I do, or he gets up and he doesn't see me. Maybe I'm outside. He'll just default to devices. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. there are things to do. You've got to get dressed. You've got chores to do, whatever. You can get some breakfast. This morning, he's like, I'm hungry. Can I have waffles? I'm like, you know where they are and you know where the toaster is. (laughs) (laughs) don't ask me to do things for you that you can do for yourself so he just he's not very good at choosing to do other things right but when i limit those devices all of a sudden he's in his room building some cool thing with legos or he will read a book so i think sometimes like i i just try to give us more stuff to do but when there's nothing more to do yeah and i'm busy
1: he defaults
0: to a screen I think that it also has a lot to do with the age of your kid, what other situations are going on. But I do like to give him a lot of other things to do. On the days that we have parkour, maybe we stay later at the park and he plays with a friend and maybe we go to a handicraft class He's away from screens for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Because you've provided something else for him to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think mainly when did. they have a passion, they're going to get away
0: from their screens. Yeah. One of my kids studied Kung Fu. And when he came home, he would still be practicing Kung Fu on his days that he didn't go to the Kung Fu, mm-hmm. whatever you call it, the studio or whatever. He would be practicing his forms. Some of my kids liked to play disc golf. My daughter liked to bake One daughter was really
1: into 4-H stuff.
0: They spent a lot of time on those things. So I Mm -hmm. think
1: encouraging those kind of Mm -hmm. hobbies is a great way to spend the time. And so you
2: cultivate interest because like one mm-hmm. of my sons is all about machinery and cars and building cars every spare minute was out there tinkering with engines and then the the kids that were into sewing or piano or several of them loved to draw and so like you provide the tools they need for these hobbies to practice these skills and then like y'all we had a time of day when they could be on the screen but way back then they didn't have their little individual mm-hmm. tablets and yeah. things like that <laughs> So oh, I didn't have as yeah. much of a problem with it, but I'm watching my children managing their children with screen time. And most of them just have like, there's a the time of the day, but the rest of the time they have other things to do. I have a house full of,
1: you know, teenagers and I... Don't limit their screen time. They don't have a time of the day, nothing like that. And they are not on screens until the end of the, after I'm in bed, you know, (laughs) the end of the day, that's when they play video games or playing online with people and things like that. Mm -hmm. But they have grown up in this lifestyle where they know how to Go do things for themselves and occupy themselves, right. or or also we've made a lot of great homeschooling connections, so they have a good group of friends and they mm-hmm. hang out with their friends. They're not on screens when they're hanging out with their friends. They're like they're playing pool or they're going somewhere. Or they're right now they're doing pickleball a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But hey,
0: I but saw some active. pickleball rackets for Mark down at Walmart, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if oh. these are good pickleball. I told Liam we should get these, but we didn't you buy should it. Try it. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, what is pickleball? So maybe I need to get him into pickleball. <laughs>
1: You might like it. You might like it. I don't know, but I'm just saying like, it's not taking any effort on my part at all anymore with my teenagers to mm-hmm. keep them off of screens because yeah. they occupy themselves in so many other ways because we have taught them that all along. Mm-hmm. Like there's all these right. amazing things to do. I think that's mm-hmm. the key. And they like to explore. And so they would rather go out and explore, which is awesome. I think, you know, the screen issue...
0: Has a lot of components. If you live in a place where there's not a lot to do, or it's hard for kids to get there on their own, like we, yeah. you can't just walk down the road over here. You'll get run over by a semi. <laughs> we have eight. We literally have eighteen wheelers coming down our road because they cut through from one major. Uh... Uh, somewhat of a highway at one end. And then it's not, we're only three miles from the interstate. And my son's an only child. Now, sometimes if the neighbor boy is outside and he gets together with the neighbor boy, they'll be outside for hours. So because he's by himself and I'm working, it's it's been more of a challenge for me to manage yeah. his screen time. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I have in place for that is that we, uh, we work before we play. So you have to get all of your work done, your schoolwork, whatever chores that need to be done, whatever family helping things. So when he gets done with school, he's like, oh, great. It's my freedom. I'm like, no. We're going to do family chores together, and then I'm going to work, and then you can get on the computer. Or if he wants to use my phone to message his friends, he doesn't have his own tablet. He doesn't have his own, any devices that belong to him except his Switch. He's got to get certain things done first. Mm -hmm. So that does kind of limit his screen time, but he's still having a hard time finding other things that he wants to do. He doesn't want to read much. He does read at night, but he doesn't, he's not a passionate reader like his oldest brother. So it is, and I understand, it's more challenging for some people with some kids. And, you know, if you have to try to work, it's hard. But the moral of the story is don't give up (laughs) and try to be creative in how you get the kid off the screen. Maybe they need a part-time job if they're teenagers. Right. You know, that that can fill some time. If they've got that much time, maybe, you know, a little out of the house volunteering or or something would be good for them.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Before we go, we want to leave you with a few reminders. If you want to support us here and help us grow, it would be great if you'd help new people find our show by leaving us a five-star review and sharing new episodes on social media.
1: Remember that you can get 20% off the cost of your transcript maker subscription with our exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. If you have any questions
2: or comments, you can email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Happy Homeschool Pod.
1: If you want to learn more about anything we discussed today, check the show notes in the episode description or go to our website, www.happyhomeschoolerpodcast.com
2: next episode we'll be talking all about how we teach geography
1: thank you for joining us today i'm holly i'm melody and i'm jennifer happy Happy homeschooling
0: hi this is your host holly williams erbach thank you for listening to the happy homeschooler podcast a transcript maker production my co-hosts are melody gillam and jennifer jones this podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Winds. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, tell people about us.
2: I just recently read someone's very long response to this one mom's questions. I was like, oh, she said all the things that I would say. And I just had to like what (laughs) she said.